This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Equity Minds! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. I'm very excited for this episode. We have got a company executive in the studio uh, from overseas, yes. flown all the way to Australia to speak to us, <laughs> but a company that we're very closely tied to. Yes. But yeah, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, it's uh, one of our executive interview series episodes and it is our pleasure to welcome to the studio Emily Vallat. Emily, welcome. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here. So Emily is the Chief Financial Officer at ACAST, uh, the platform that we host our podcast with, the Equity Mates Network is hosted with ACAST. I've kind of given away the first question, Emily, which is, <laughs> can we always get our executives to describe the company in their own words? So how would you describe ACAST? ACAST, in essence, is the world's biggest independent podcast company. And independence is, is important, I think. I think it resonates with creators. We were founded in 2014. And ever since then, we have been um, making podcasts available on every single listening app out there. And what we do is that we provide a marketplace. So for podcast creators, they, uh, they come to us and we help uh, them or like you guys find uh, as big an audience as possible and then monetize the content. What I think is great for us is that we really align our incentives with the creators. So when the podcast creators are making money, we're making money. And we work with thousands of brands across the globe and finding that, that great match between audience, podcaster and uh, an advertiser. And uh, yeah, that's our, our business model. You know, right now we host around 88,000 podcasts. You're in, you're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> and we put about 1.3 billion listens through our platform in, in Q3. So wow. we've, we've grown a lot since 2014. We operate globally, but we have sort of a presence in market in 15 countries. And uh, yeah, we're headquartered in, in Stockholm. Yeah, since inception, we actually paid out, you're not alone, we paid out just short of 200 million US dollars to uh, podcast creators wow. out oh, wow. there. So nice. uh, yeah, we think it's it's really important. 
So you mentioned there the word independent and mm. for those in the industry, you know, we know what that means. For, yeah. But for people listening at home trying to understand the industry comparing, mm. um, what, what do you mean by independent? I mean, for us, it's very important that podcasters get to reach as big an audience as possible. So we're platform agnostic and that's part of our independence. We distribute podcasts on, on every single listening app. So, you know, if you're listening to Equity Mates on Spotify or Apple Podcaster or Google Podcast, that's the, the app that I've got, and you hear an ad, uh, then it's us um, helping that monetization and, and sharing revenue with the creator. So independence for us means that you as a, as a creator can can reach uh, your full potential and, and reach the biggest audience, really. Why Google Podcasts? Well, ACOS used to have a listener app, and I was on that one, of course. Um, but we actually had a, a bit of a challenge with people understanding our business model. We're not an app company, and we want mm. uh, we want uh, listeners to to listen wherever they want to. So we actually closed down the app. So I had to move, and then uh, then I tried Google Podcasts, and I like it. It's quite good. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Can't say I've ever tried Google Podcasts, but I'm going to after yeah, this. Yeah, you should. <laughs> so uh, Acast founded in 2014, and if we think back to 2014. And we think of the podcast industry then. I'm sure Joe Rogan was probably the biggest, Mark Maron, uh, Hamish and Andy in Australia. But there, there wasn't a lot. And, you know, you fast forward just eight years and podcasting is now a giant business and, you know, people are selling for tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars and there's a thriving ad ecosystem. And you guys have really been on that journey. Can you just talk us through how much has changed in that time? Yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating how much has uh, changed. And when we started out, we started in Scandinavia and then we expanded into to the UK. And since then we've, you know, now we're in, in 15 locations and operating globally. And during this time, and I think it's interesting now with the market that we're in right now, um, but if we if we go back one year between sort of 2014 and, and 2021, apart from a slight blip during COVID, Podcasting has just been on this massive, massive growth journey. And uh, what's been fascinating to see as we've developed is that more and more advertisers have discovered the space, but they come after uh, the audience. So mm. the listeners come first and they're always the early adopters. They get the, the medium and they love the format. And then advertisers take a little bit more time. So I guess it's a bit like print to digital in, in, in media, uh, it took a while for the advertisers to actually follow the audience and spend money in, you know, New York Times online as mm. opposed to, to print. And it's the same journey that, that podcasting is on. And it's been a massive growth journey. And uh, I mean, it's turning into a proper mass media right now. And I think that that's important as well for brands. Uh, you have to have a certain reach and scale to be able to offer brands the targeting and the audience that they're after. Mm. So we've really been building the portfolio of podcasters that we work with. And the way we started in Europe was to uh, to go for some of the big uh, publishing brands. So mm. we work with, you know, the BBC, The Economist, the FT and The Guardian and so forth. And it's been wonderful to work with these publishers. But actually it's independent podcasters like yourselves who actually carry the, the bigger audience in terms of... Of, of numbers but advertisers find it um, often find it uh, safe to start out with a with a well-known publisher and a well-known brand but then they discover the power of the the quite intimate conversation that that podcasters are having with their audience and actually also a really high 
ROI. So mm. if you find that amazing match between the advertiser, the podcaster and their audience, you know, inserting your brand into that conversation carries such a high ROI for brands. Um, and those who get it, they come back and, and they spend more. And I think right now in this market, we're actually seeing our uh, Australian, New Zealand and international business. They're the part of the business that's been delivering the biggest growth in our uh, last quarter. So uh, so the team are really leading the way right now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We should say that Acast is actually a listed company, if, if we haven't mentioned that already, but it <laughs> is listed on the... Stockholm Exchange. It's listed <laughs> yeah. on uh, NASDAQ uh, on the personal premier growth market and the ticker is ACOS. So there you go. There Plug you go. Yeah. So it is down 85% since IPO or since June 2021, been hit in the, in, in the sell-off. What's the general sentiment? How are you talking to investors about that? Yeah, it's been an interesting ride. So, uh, you know, you go back and you look at that uh, that uh, downwards journey in terms of the share price, but what the public does not see is the is the upwards journey that we've had mm. pre-listing. Uh, we mm. were traded mm. in the grey market in Stockholm for a number of years, but that is not something that the, that the public can see. Um, but clearly, since since the last year, we were listed the 17th of June 2021, and that was valuations for growth companies yeah. like ours. Yeah were very uh, uh, solid yeah. um, at the time. So uh, in terms of raising capital, I am so grateful that we have secured the company's balance sheet. We have a really solid balance sheet, uh, lots of cash, and have that runway to take us through to profits. Um, but the market has clearly changed. And uh, we've seen investors and, and fund managers and capital allocators go from, from sort of focusing a lot on, on growth companies and then for a while they were going into value, dot, 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 a few, <laughs> a few more months and, and they're in cash now. Mm. So um, I just spent some time in London over the last, um, and, and different areas of Europe in the last few weeks. And I think the, the consensus right now among capital allocators in Europe, and of course that, that will change as quick as, it, as it's come out, but, but the recent consensus that is evolving is that H1 for 2023 will be focused on on sort of maintaining a solid position in, in bonds or cash, in essence, and then H2 will be for equities. So we will see hey. when the tides turn. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's um, that's the latest gossip from from the Europe <laughs> nice. capital allocators, anyway. So there's a perception that like it, it must have been tough to list there, and then you know to to fall since. But you look back in history and. The, some of the companies that survived, you know, the dot-com bust, for example, they we look at them as these great companies, but a lot of them happened to just raise at the right time. You know, PayPal and Amazon, two examples that raised within sort of like six months of the world going to hell in 2000, 2001. So in hindsight, maybe you guys raised at exactly the right time and gave yourself the maximum amount of runway. So putting the share price to one side, turning the market off and actually just looking at the business, how have the, how's the business been going since it listed? What numbers you can, I know you can't share everything with us, but what can you share with us um, from not, not from a share market point of view, but from a business point yeah. of view? Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's, that is the interesting part. You know, the business has been doing really well uh, since IPO and during 2021, we delivered about 74% growth and uh, that was a beat on, on our expectations and, and on, on the market's expectations. So we were really happy with, uh, with that delivery. And then we've come into a market and 
the ad market is cyclical. So what we've seen is that the growth is still there, but it's from a lower baseline. So ad market for podcasting is still growing double digit, which is wonderful as uh, you know, parts of the world are, are heading into a recession. But the baseline for growth has come down. The appetite for, for focusing on growth from an investor perspective has come down. But the business is still doing really well. We're taking market share. We're dominating in the Nordics. We're dominating in the UK. And we have amazing reach and scale in the US. And we're really building our advertising proposition there as well. So it's, uh, uh, we've done really well from a from a business perspective <laughs> but but you know we're not immune to market sentiment so so what we've um, announced recently is that we're bringing forward our point of profitability to 2024 and uh, like any business we're looking at our cost line we're looking at our resource allocation we're looking at ROI for all of our projects and so forth and I think you can't you can't be immune to to what's going on in the market either mm. you have to adapt as well mm. So you said you have 88,000 podcasts on the platform. I think there was a stat we came across not too long ago that kind of freaked us out, which was like there's a new podcast or there's five new podcasts every minute or one every five, something ridiculous like that. Where Where is podcasting, you know, YouTube 20 years ago, it's obviously now massive. Where do you see the podcast adoption now and is there too many too many podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are loads of podcasts, <laughs> yeah. but what we've been really good at doing is attracting those podcasts who actually have great commercial value. And that's not every podcast. There are some hobby podcasters who, who uh, I mean, there are platforms where you, you, know, you record a sound and it, it becomes a podcast. But we're really after those podcasters who, who have uh, some ambition, who add commercial value and, and who are great for brands to work with. So sometimes there will be numbers thrown around uh, where we have millions of podcasts. We believe that the uh, sort of the, the sphere for how many podcasts are are uh, are suited for uh, brand advertising will be in the hundreds of thousands rather than than the millions so i think it's a long tail and we've been really good at focusing on some of the larger podcasts but also that uh, the heart of the industry those independent podcasters with uh, with an audience that is that is growing but has a, a really you know dedicated audience and, and offer amazing roi for advertisers so i think for us that that's a really sweet Spot. Mm. Hundred thousand podcasts competing with uh, that we're competing with for briefs still sounds like a lot. Does sound like a lot, but I think there's like 155 million YouTube channels. Wow, <laughs> something something <laughs> ridiculous. So if you compare that to 88,000 podcasts on Acast, of on course, Acast. there's probably another 88,000 on many other. Probably not quite as many, but. You know, it feels like if you follow the a YouTube adoption or, you know, there's still heaps to come, mm. heaps to come. Not that, that they're all going to be commercial, but yeah. Now we, uh, we want to pick your brain a little bit about just the podcasting industry in general, where you think it's going because, you know, we, it's rare we get a chance to sit down with someone who lives and breathes podcasting as much as you. Uh, and there's a few um, threads to pull out. Uh, Bryce mentioned YouTube, so maybe... Uh, the, the one thing that it seems that YouTube has over podcasting right now is discoverability. I feel like there's so many great podcasts out there that we just you just never cut through. And, you know, Bryce and I help produce some podcasts in the Equity Mates Network that we want to get in front of more people. Where do you think discoverability is going? And do you think we're going to get like a Netflix of 
podcasting one day where the algorithm learns you and and recommends things to you it's possible for um, of course for algorithms to to learn your behavior and your preferences and actually um in august we bought a company that's called uh, podchaser and they are like the imdb for podcasts so they have the millions all of the podcasts on on their database and they have the best metadata in the industry on all of the podcasts the hosts the guests and so forth and uh, their data engine is really powering discoverability on the web for podcasts but uh, one of the most uh, powerful or, or common ways to discover podcasts is still word of mouth. Uh, yeah, so, you know, yeah. the technology still has a way to go to solve this conundrum for people. But uh, this is also why we bought, bought Podchaser, because we saw that opportunity and, and we recognized that, you know, when you have the best data in the industry on all of the podcasts, and, and we've also built a lot of uh, really sophisticated ad targeting and, and ad tech uh, in the background since we started in 2014, you're in quite a good position. But uh, we acknowledge that that is a, uh, that is a trend um, or, or a conundrum that has not been fully solved, um, neither by the apps or uh, in other formats. Mm. Uh, so uh, it's, uh, but that's the opportunity to continue to do that, of course. Yeah, it feels like Spotify is probably out in front of that, but it's still, their recommendations still just are never quite bang on for me. Yeah, yeah, and I think the uh, maybe as a listener, it's such a big commitment to listen to a podcast. So actually, it, it's a big hurdle to actually commit and listen to a whole show. Mm. And if you get the recommendation that it's not suited for you, you're not going to listen to that show, even yeah. if it pops up, because it's such a big, big commitment. So, uh, so people are still making up their own mind as to what they want to listen to and, and what they feel is, is good uh, content. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I get choice paralysis. I open up my podcast app, they all appear and I just go, nah. Too much. <laughs> Too, Too much. much. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nah, I'll, just, I'll just leave my headphones at home. <laughs> Too much. So I think for people listening in Australia where the podcast market is a little bit more fragmented and the radio companies are really trying to make a play into the podcast space, they might not uh, recognise how dominant Acast is uh, in Europe and particularly in the UK we hear a lot about. It's something like, what, 90% of podcasts over there are on Acast? Is that... I mean, it's not far off. We do have the majority of the market. We have more than... We have between 50 and 70% of, of the top charts in in Sweden and the UK. And in terms of uh, advertising, we yeah, we have the majority of the ad dollars in those markets as well. So we're, we're, we're actually quite big and even in the US if we set the ad dollars aside in terms of reach and scale you know we reach 22 million unique listeners in the US uh, every single month and I'd say we're in the top three when it comes to uh, reach and scale of audience um, in the US so we're actually I think we're punching above our weight when people perceive us you know we're yeah, actually quite yeah. big yeah at some point you're gonna have to recognize that you guys are big like you're the <laughs> yeah. giants yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what what happened in australia why has the australian market developed differently to some of the other markets every market is coming from a different uh, position and you know australia whilst it is fragmented you do have those uh, legacy radio players that have a, a solid position and we've been waiting to see when when they were going to discover this wonderful medium. And I think it's just recently that they are actually coming to the table. But I think um, for us, 
It's a case of a rising tide lifts all boats. We've seen it in Europe, we've seen it in the US when Spotify and other big players have been been uh, discovering this medium and, and promoting it. it um, since we're in such a growing market, it helps all of the players within it. So uh, for us, it's great that uh, that the likes of ARN and um, Nova and so forth or an SEA are, are, uh, are in the game. Mm. It's, uh, it raises the awareness of uh, the medium for all. And I think that's the biggest hurdle, you know, just getting advertisers to try out the medium, figure out how to do a great podcast ad, because it's different to a radio ad, work with great creators who do good uh, host reads. I love your host reads. I think they're they're amazing. Uh, Not paid. <laughs> <laughs> Not paid at all. Um, but that's the, I mean, that's the big challenge, just getting brands to discover the medium. And that's so exciting in Australia because right now we're seeing some of the, uh, uh, you know, the spearheading and momentum across our, our business coming from Australian brands really stepping up their game and looking into how they can best use uh, podcasting as a medium. So for someone sitting at home that is thinking, I want to start a podcast putting you on the spot, but what category has the most podcast in it or or is most saturated? And then also what categories are demanding the most from advertising dollars? All right. There is a lot of true crime out there. Yes. It's because it's very popular. So I wouldn't say if you've got an amazing true crime story, put it in your back pocket. No, go and do it, of course. If you have a great story to tell, then put it out there. And you've got to talk about what you're passionate about. So so you've got to find your niche. But the categories that are always really well performing, if you want to branch out, parenting. Um, it's an amazing oh, yeah. okay. segment. There's always more demand for, for great uh, parenting podcasts. So uh, that would be my... Top recommendation um, if, uh, if okay, uh, not you're that keen on that's branching in out. our circle of confidence. <laughs> no, no. Parenting, how do you parlay finance into parenting? Well, I, it's one of the most impactful <laughs> yeah, events yeah, yeah. In, on your yeah. finances. But true. Bus- <laughs> invest, or investing for kids. Investing for kids, it's yeah. True. Long-term investing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, take this offline. Yeah. <laughs> but business is great as well. Business and finance is a category that always performs Too saturated. Well, so. No one else should get <laughs> in that <laughs> category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Parenting. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Well, Emily, before you said you really liked our host reads, uh, we're going to take a quick break so you can listen to one now. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So Emily, before the break, uh, we were talking about uh, the journey of Acast and then a little bit about the podcast industry. 
When we have an executive on from a company, we love to talk about what matters and what doesn't because uh, Bryce and I are from a retail background and there were some metrics that really mattered in that industry, sales per square meter, same store sales, that the retailers really looked at and really understood. And we love to understand what those metrics are in other industries. So in, uh, in podcasting, in audio, in hosting and uh, ad sales, I don't know how you define the industry that ACAR yeah. sits in. In media, media is probably media. what I should have said. Um, what metrics matter and what doesn't? For us, we're operating a two-sided marketplace where we have podcasters on, on one side, sort of representing the supply side in the marketplace, and then we have the advertisers representing the demand side. And we look at quite similar metrics for both sides. So if we look at the podcasters, like how many shows are coming in? How many listens do they have? Are we growing their listens over time? Um, how much money are we paying out per listen? How good are we at monetizing? So average revenue per listen and listens are stats that we post every quarter and um, average revenue per listen is a really um, important one because it measures not only how good we are at, at delivering revenue for ACAST but it's also a proxy for how good we are at uh, making good on our promises to podcasters and paying them out and ultimately unless we're, we're, uh, we're growing that metric over time then um, then we're not going to be successful so, so that's something that we look really closely at and then of course you know what's our churn are we are we losing listeners are we losing podcasters and and for what uh, reason and then on the other side of the marketplace we have the advertisers so same thing do are we getting new advertisers what's their average ticket how much are they spending are they coming back um, how is their the medium spend uh, going are we seeing um, advertisers coming in spending a test budget of five thousand Aussie dollars are they coming back and spending fifty thousand Aussie dollars and then they come back and spend five hundred thousand I mean we're seeing those trends because the the advertisers who come back really who get it really come back and and double down and increase their spend so uh, we look at that of course so those are sort of the the fundamentals of the of the marketplace and then in this uh, market of course we're looking really carefully at all of our scalability metrics so what's our looking right down to the bottom line and and our uh, scaling per FD, revenue per FD and gross profit per FD or gross margin is a very important health metric uh, for us mm. as well. So uh, I remember my days at Woolies when uh, you'd do a report and then the execs would be on the earnings call spewing about the um, commentary they're getting in the AFR from analysts. Are there any metrics that you see discussed in relation to ACAST that you think are just useless or it's just shouldn't be discussed? Well, I think for us, the challenge is not metrics being discussed that are not relevant. It's the market starting to understand the business of podcasting in, in more detail. It is a new media. And, and to your point, you know, about competition, it's, it's great to be a pioneer and sort of be uh, one of the very few um, listed pure play podcasting businesses, but you also don't have many relevant uh, comps. Mm. So mm. there's there's less understanding of, of the space in the markets. So you have to do a lot of, spend a lot of time on educating the market around mm. how podcasting works. So anyone talking about podcasting, regardless of the metric, I'm very happy with. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of not having many comps, the closest proxy might be Spotify, um, but it, it's, you know, quite a different business. But 
Spotify and Acast get grouped together because uh, they're also from what we have labelled the home of audio, Stockholm, because it seems that every good audio business comes out of Stockholm. Uh, not only Acast and Spotify, but also in the finance space, there's a business that we're really impressed by, a bit smaller than you guys, Quarter, that are doing some really interesting stuff with finance earnings calls as well. So what's in the water in Stockholm? Why are audio businesses seeming to only come out of one city in Europe? Stockholm has always been a place of early adoption of new technology. So uh, the, the Stockholm exchanges uh, are you know, full of, of amazing tech companies who have gone on these growth journeys. And I think we're a, we're a great market to test things out. The uh, audience there is very keen to test out these new formats and so forth. I love Quarter as well. It's a, it's a oh. lovely business. But oh, nice. with Danny was in the office the other day. Oh, there you um, go. So, uh, you know, it's just a space where innovation is, uh, is very, yeah, frequent. And audio has been a great space for, for us. We like to understand management because as investors, it's one of the key pillars of an investment thesis. Management, what's their view on the company? How do they approach it? How do you define your leadership philosophy? My leadership philosophy? Gosh, <laughs> for a CFO, I'm so stuck in the numbers. That anytime I get to uh, uh, get out of my spreadsheet, I'm, I'm very happy. Um, but um, I think right now in this market, you know, you are tested as a leader, having uh, done an IPO and uh, wearing the weight of the market as, as you come out of that and people watching you and, and the staff watching the performance in the market as well and, and wondering uh, how we're impacted. I think it's really important to, uh, you know, not duck the hard questions. I tried to be as transparent as I can be. And I got some really good advice not long ago. And they said, Emily, even in this market, you have to tell the story like it is. You can't come with uh, ideas or thoughts or, or, or things that are not anchored in reality. Right now we're in a shaky market and we have to go out and tell our story. I try to be very present in the market right now, even though people sort of feel, uh, oh, isn't it hard to go out there and speak with investors right now? No, you just got to go out there and see people and continue telling your story because we have an amazing story and the teams out there working in our different markets, in our tech and product team as well, they're doing amazing work. So, so you're sending the wrong signal if you're just sort of going away and, and, and ducking the questions. You have to be out there. You have to speak with people. You have to speak with investors. You have to speak to the staff and, and be quite uh, present, accountable and, and available. So mm. I think that's, uh, that's where I'm at right now. Speaking mm. of the staff, uh, you said you're in 15 countries at the moment and I'm sure there's more on the horizon. We'd love for you guys to get to India, uh, actually. We'd love to you know get some ads in there try and grow equity mates india side note um <laughs> wonderful taking notes <laughs> but growing a team growing a company across all these different geographies uh must be pretty hard i know uh you have a camp once a year we hear great stories from the acast team but what's it been like growing the company and in particular growing a culture when you really are a global business? I think it's something that a lot of companies are reflecting on right now, having come out of COVID and particularly in tech, you know, we operate a hybrid uh, or remote first work uh, in parts of our business, but you do sometimes have to get together to, to build the culture and, and make people feel connected to what we're trying 
to achieve. So it's a balancing act, but it's something we work, uh, we've been working on for years. And uh, we were speaking earlier around how we operate not just um, uh, a global business, but a, um, a leadership team that's spread out. So the leadership team right now is spread between Stockholm, London and New York. So we've always operated across different time zones and catching up on those Zoom calls, but we do try and, and catch up uh, regularly to to make sure that we we stay on the same page. So I think it's a mix. You do have to have that that um, IRL experience and make sure that you communicate and stay really connected and uh, and over communicate. I mean, it's it's hard with all of the flows on on Slack and Messenger and email to to pick up on all of the nuances. So you just have to keep talking to people and and make sure that your message is is getting across. And sometimes stop talking and start to listen. <laughs> That's another approach. I need an internal company podcast on a private feed. We do release our earnings calls um, as a podcast, of course. So that's that's a company podcast we have right now. But uh, we catch up um, all the time as, um, as a group and as a company, which is mm. great. Nice. Mm. Well, Emily, we always finish with the f- same final three questions oh, for yeah. all of our uh, executives. So the first of which is... What does the next 12 months look like and what does it hold for ACAST? So the next 12 months will be um, an interesting ride because in different parts of the globe, we're heading into different times of, uh, of economic uh, opportunities and, and challenges. Right now, in, uh, or as of the, the Q3 results, we had fantastic growth in Australia and New Zealand and, and our international markets. We've seen some slowing down of the growth in, in Europe mm. and in the Americas. So 2023 and the coming 12 months for us will all be about setting ourselves up to deliver profits in 2024. So we are going to look at uh, making the right bets in terms of how we innovate, what we prioritize in our tech and product roadmap um, and supporting our sales and and market uh, operations in in, uh, keeping podcasters happy, making sure that we're monetizing and improving our monetization capabilities. So that's what 2023 is all about, setting ourselves up for scale and then uh, delivering profits in, in 2024. Bottom line. Easy. Sounds easy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thinking about risks for uh, ACAST, what what would you say the biggest risk is at the moment? The biggest risk right now is the macro environment. Um, We don't set the advertising budgets of the big brands. Mm. Uh, They are set with with lots of external um, metrics that influence them. So right now we have to stay very close to what the macroeconomic environment is doing and adapt to the pace of growth that uh, we see. I think that's felt across the board for yeah. sure. Uh, we've just spoke, spoken about 12 months, but what about in 10 years time? What does ACAST look like and what does success mean for you in 10 years? I mean, in 10 years time, we will finally be at the spot where we've come uh, to this tipping point of where uh, the default audio buy is a podcast ad buy, not a radio Uh 
we will have come to that tipping point. I mean, right right now, between 25 and 30 billion US dollars are being spent in commercial audio across the globe, half of that in the US. So in 10 years' time, we will be at that point where, where the default option is the podcasting ad um, and where the market really understands the power of the medium and advertisers get their ROI, they get their attribution, we've improved the, the stats transparency and, and, and metrics. Uh, <laughs> 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 but the stats are great. I mean, we know the stats and we know that attribution and, and ROI for advertisers is, is really high. And as we improve our technology and, and push through on innovation, we will continue to see more, more money flow into the space. So um, that's where we will be. Podcasting will be the default option. Yeah, I mean, the stats are great because when a podcast is downloaded, it's downloaded and that's recorded. Yeah. Uh, radio is a analog survey where a few select people get asked if they listen to the radio and we extrapolate from there. But anyway, it's another fascinating. Gripe. <laughs> it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, look, one final question. Uh, given that you work in the podcast industry, uh, people listening are already podcast listeners. Word of mouth is the best way to discover new podcasts. So to close us out, do you have a podcast recommendation? Oh, I mean, I do, of course, listen to Equity Mates. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that as given, given yeah. that they're listening. <laughs> I do listen to a range of different podcasts. I do love Osha's podcast in Australia. I think it's a really um, uh, important podcast, uh, Better Than Yesterday with, with yeah. Osha Ginsberg. Um, I think it's got a really important message around uh, mental health and, and looking after yourself and, uh, and pushing through all of the changes that we've seen, um, you know, in, in personal and, and business life. So I think that's, um, I mean, it's a well-known podcast here, but I, I love it. I listen to it regularly. Yeah, Osha. Uh, so we were at the Australian Podcast Awards last week and um, Osha was the bell of the ball. He was the celebrity of all celebrities in the podcast world. So. Oh, but you won Best Business Podcast. We, we did. did. We did. Thank you for yeah. Yes, us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we weren't quite brave enough to speak to him, so maybe next year. Next year. <laughs> but anyway, Emily, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for flying all the way from Stockholm just to speak with us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Kidding, you didn't do that for those listening at home. But it is, uh, it's great to, to meet you and, um, you know, ACAST have been a great supporter of what Equity Mates have been doing. So um, it's uh, been great to unpack it today. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.